Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Have you voted yet? There's a lot of activity going on. This week is the first week of early voting, uh, but don't get too concerned. There are two weeks of early voting. Now, I'm not saying you should wait, okay? Whenever you can find the time to do it, when it's appropriate for you, you want to do that. Um, important statewide elections this week, next week, the main election day is November 8th, Tuesday, November 8th. So you want to check all those dates, make sure you're prepared to go vote because everybody that's a registered voter in the state of Texas gets an opportunity to vote because there are numerous statewide elections and also some at the local level as well. But there's somebody on the show today that knows a lot more about elections in the state of Texas than I do. And we're excited to have him on today. Today, our guest is going to be Texas Secretary of State John Scott. He is uh, served as the 114th Texas Secretary of State. He is a fifth generation Texan. He and I were catching up, getting to know each other a little bit before we came on. And he's got 33 years of experience in litigation. He served in the attorney general's office for many years. I think we crossed paths a couple of times in some very important litigation. He served as the chief officer, the chief operating officer for the Health and Human Services Commission before that. And he's been practicing law for quite a while in the state of Texas. And I found out before we started the show that he's also a fellow Longhorn, a graduate of the University of Texas and then also South Texas College of Law. And welcome to the Texas Values Report, Secretary Scott. Jonathan, thank you for having me. Well, as I was talking about before the show, and for people that are new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. But um, And so if you're watching right now on Facebook, I want to encourage you. I'm going to do this myself to share this on Facebook. We're going to get this a little bit more activity here so we can have a great conversation. And if you've got some questions, send them, put them on our Facebook page. I've already had some people that have sent them in because this is one of the most important topics this time of year, elections. But I did slip in a little conversation about football uh, before we got on. Um, Secretary Scott, I'm glad that I guess that our Longhorns have the weekend off, you know, just to catch their breath a little bit and uh, get ready for that next game. And so, um, but, you know, look, the, and I appreciate getting to know you a little bit. We, as I said, we crossed paths a few times. We've done a lot of work at the Capitol. We care a lot about the issues of election and election integrity in the state of Texas. And so, but there might be people, a lot of people moving to Texas that are new to Texas and they don't understand how some of this stuff has worked or divided. Tell us a little bit about the Secretary of State's office and the role that your office plays when it comes to elections. Sure. We are by statute called the chief election official of the state of Texas. Um, it's in, in that role, we advise and assist the 254 counties conduct the elections. And so uh, each county is in charge of its elections. They have an election administrator or county clerk that does the, uh, that operates. We do an enormous amount in trying to make sure that everyone is educated so that we have the same standards apply in Loving County with 100 people as they do in Harris County with four point something million people. Uh, and so those are our primary roles with regard to elections. It's uh, the last six months has probably been ramping up. Uh, the last 60 and not, 60 days is incredibly busy. Uh, and now that we're actually into early voting, it's really off the charts. Uh, there's issues that arise probably 24 hours a day throughout the process at this point. Well, we're glad to have a few minutes with you. We won't keep you too long, but it's an opportunity for people that are part of Texas Values that support us, but also the general watching and listening audience 
to get a little bit of update information and appreciation for the election process. A lot of people care about it. There's been a lot of talk over the past um, couple of years, if not before that, about election integrity, election fraud. So people, I think, are thinking more about, you know, who's in charge of this process? Um, how does it work? And if I have questions or concerns about the election process, who do I talk to? We'll get to that in just a second. But I want to mention, too, you know, um, talking about your background, South Texas College of Law, over 30 years in the practice of law, working for the attorney general's office. Um, there has been some litigation on some of these issues. And I know recently I saw a press release from uh, Attorney General Paxson's office from October 6, a recent ruling from the Fifth Circuit. And I want you to tell us a little bit about that and the importance of that outcome. Now, one of the things that his, uh, each of the counties is required to do, their voter registrars, is to do voter list maintenance. And uh, it became a subject of litigation under then Secretary Whitley um, because he had sent over some names to different counties to have them work their maintenance list on specifically folks who had identified themselves as non, they had registered to vote first, then they went to the Department of Public Safety and self-identified that they were not U.S. citizens. And so that's one of the things that we were trying to capture. Is, uh, that's just step one of the process. That information is then given to the counties for them to work those names, to reach out to those people, to find out, you know, look, errors are made. They're made. We're all human. And so all of these records that we develop, they're derivative of our actions. And so the fact that there's room for uh, errors and room to fix those errors. And so that was the second step that was going to take place. That had been put on hold. Uh, the Fifth Circuit had ruled that what we were doing was completely appropriate and to let it go forward. And so we're excited to see that uh, it is moving forward uh, after the election. It can't move forward because there's a prohibition within 90 days of a federal election of doing any uh, list maintenance like that. And so it'll start back up after the elections are over on November 9th. Well, November 8th or the election, but November 9th is when the counties would be able to start doing voter list maintenance again. No, that's good to know, because while this election cycle is important, November 8th is important, um, there will be several uh, not too long after that, right? We may see some special elections come up. Obviously, a lot of the local races come up, but and it's and it's different, right? There are some parts of the state where their, um, you know, their city council races and their school board races are in May, but some parts of the state, they're in November. I mean, I know I was looking through the ballot and you've got the statewide races, you've got Texas House, which is every two years, Texas Senate, and then you've got some school board races, some county level races. And so, you know, there's a lot of level of activity this time of year that I think should give people more motivation and reason why it's important to go out and vote. Yeah, and Jonathan, it's a great point because it is always an important election. It doesn't matter whether it's your school board, your city council, uh, or the election for president, or in this case, governor. They have consequences to these elections. And when people find something better to do and don't take the time to go vote, there's consequences. And uh, it is the most votes on election day. It's not what people think they would, would have wanted or would have done or could have done. Uh, and so if you stay home, my advice is stop complaining. You got what you deserve. 
Well, I mean, look, we talk about a lot when, we're, um, when we do work at the Capitol. Government belongs to those who show up. And so it is important to go to the polls and show up and have your voice heard through voting. And, and you, were, you know, we're talking a minute ago about litigation. I mean, some of these things relate to, at times, other uh, litigation regarding to new state laws that the legislature puts in place. And people want to feel that their vote, not only that it counts, but that um, that it has been counted and there aren't other people that are trying to get involved in the process that are undermining that. Right. So we've seen a lot of activity around that. And I think that's why it's important. We've had these court rulings whenever they're going to be implemented that continues to move in the direction of confirming the importance of it and to some extent confirming the, uh, if you will, the role that the state has played in making sure that uh, that our votes and the integrity of them is protected. What can you tell us about any uh, recent prosecution or or on the topic of prosecution of any uh, voter fraud um, more recently or during your time to give people an idea or maybe some examples of the role that your office plays in that? Yeah, and, and, and it's really, we're not a law enforcement agency. And I, I would say, thank goodness, because, I, you know, that's a role that's reserved for the local district attorneys and the Texas Attorney General's office. And so what we do is if there's a suspicion, a reasonable suspicion that a law has been broken, then we simply make a referral. Uh, in the wake of the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals opinion, we make it both to the secretary's, I'm sorry, we make it over to the Texas Attorney General's office he has an election integrity unit, and we make it to the, the relevant district attorney's office in whichever county it might have taken place. And so not sure from, from a real practical standpoint, we do anything other than that. Um, we, we really want to make sure that our goal is to you know, keep elections fair, make sure that the integrity of the elections is protected and protected by all 254 counties. Um, you know, one of the things I would use this as an opportunity to say any of the folks that are listening out there, volunteer, become someone who works as an election official. A, we need them, but B, you can help spread the word that elections are safe, that we have incredibly safe elections. And I think that's important for people to know that we're, no one's out trying to suppress anyone's vote. They're trying to make sure that everybody has access. Every eligible voter has access to come and be able to cast their vote and that vote be counted. Well, one of the things I think it's interesting about Texas, and we do see other states doing, I don't know that everyone does it this way. There's two weeks of early voting. So when you think about the opportunity and fairness, if you will, or however people want to characterize it, at least the opportunity uh, for several days, right, to to look at your schedule and decide where to vote. And so I think there's at least a decent argument to make that that helps in that category um, of being fair. Some people like think it should just be on election day, but whatever your view is on that, there's certainly more days in the state of Texas than some other places where you have an opportunity to do that. I know I was seeing um, a member of the media yesterday was suggesting so far the early voting numbers versus 2018, the last time we had a statewide election, are a little bit lower. Who knows what that might mean, whether it's the weather and part of the state. I mean, but, um, you know, people start to they start to try to look at some of this information and get some indication. Um, what is your sense of, of the um, some of those results, if you're tracking them, if you are seeing them on how things are going so far with early voting? Well, and, and you know, Texas was the very first state of all of all the United States to have early voting. Uh, and so that's pretty a proud history that we have as a, as a state from an accessibility standpoint. So. Yeah. Uh, which is great. I, we, the early numbers for the first couple of days have, have not been, it, we did not track until this year, 254 counties 
uh, historically kind of what the voter turnout was. We captured it, it's in our records, but we always have tracked the top 30 counties. Um, yeah. In comparing top 30 now to top 30 uh, four years ago, and I did it last night, um, it's down a little bit. Uh, I think, you know, Travis County had about 60,000 so far uh, in the first couple of days here in Austin. Um, it's just early. Uh, there is no rhyme or reason as to the election patterns. The one thing we always get concerned about is people hear so much noise on TV a lot of times that they finally just get disgusted and don't show up to vote. And, uh, you know, that's the part that's troubling is, and that's why I say to everybody watching, get out there and vote. Uh, there is nothing better you can do to protect and defend our democracy as just a, a citizen at home than to take the time to go vote. And to Jonathan's point, you got till November 4th, all both Saturday and Sunday this coming weekend, to be able to go vote early in your location. And you can show up on November 8th if you hadn't done it by then. We're talking with Texas Secretary of State, John Scott. His office has the role, the duty, the responsibility of our election process in the state of Texas. So we're talking about all things election. And, you know, and you're right. I I, um, I didn't mention this detail. The report I said was um, that I looked at, excuse me, was about some of the largest counties. Right. To your point about what you're tracking on the early voting. And you'll remember four years ago, there was a Senate race on the ballot, a very uh, familiar candidate. Right. You had um, a Senate race on top of the statewide. And so that might have been why an additional reason why we saw some of those numbers. But, you know, who knows what the trends may be. You may see it spike up in the next couple of days. But it is interesting sometimes to get an idea of what's going on out there. Um, I want to ask, you know, you, I think you touched on this a little bit, but I want to make sure people hear uh, because I'm getting um, already messages from people in different counties saying that people voted for Abbott and it switched to Beto or they're you know just noticing some problems, whatever they may be. Um, and so I'd love to hear what you're what you're thinking is about some of those reports, if they're out there and if people have other concerns um, what's the best way for them to get in touch with your office or the attorney general's office or, or the more appropriate office for them to direct it to, to make sure that they get a response if there's some concerns. Yeah. And, and, and some of those reports, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because it, we had recently shut down something on, uh, on Twitter or asked Twitter to shut it down where someone was pushing this narrative of, Oh, I pushed a button and it voted for the other candidate. And, and, it, it literally was the same person had kind of propped the stuff up back in 2018 and it had been refuted back then that the machine didn't do that. Now, can people accidentally push the wrong button? Sure. Could the machine have been reprogrammed repro incorrectly? Well, we do logic and accuracy tests at each of the counties to make sure that doesn't happen. But if they see something like that, they should immediately stop, call a poll worker over and tell them what has happened so that they can address it then and there first. Secondly, if something comes, when it gets printed out, if they have a paper ballot, they should double check. Even until they've put it into the ballot box, the scanner, they can go and have that spoil, turn it into a spoiled ballot and re-vote re if they see something they disagree with on that. So we've never had more opportunities for voters to be able to make sure they're casting the correct ballot uh, and the ones that represents their selections. Um, if they see something, they should say something to a presiding judge at the location. If they see something that's suspicious, they should then they can report it to their election administrator. 
but they can always go to our website and report it to us. They can call us. We have a number on that, but they can go to votetexas.gov, G-O-V, and they can go to a number of resources, but anytime they see something that they is potentially criminal in their mind, they absolutely should contact our office. And we have a form they can fill out and it goes through the process. And that's when we make the determination about whether to send it over to the attorney general and district attorney's office. Well, and we'll put that up on our website and our social media channels. We're talking with Texas Secretary of State, John Scott. Uh, He and his office are in charge of the election process, but also at times people will report concerns to their office as well as local officials. Some good detail about there and step-by-step process that Secretary Scott's giving. If you have some of those concerns of things that are happening or reports or things you're seeing um, with your own eyes that concern you during the election process these couple of weeks and main election day is November 8th. You know, you'll hear sometimes people say, oh, there's no voter fraud. You know, there's there's no um, there's been no prosecution. But that's not true. I think even in the state of Texas, um, you know, within the the more recent past, we've seen some prosecution and we've seen some convictions for election fraud. Yeah, no, and I I think the big thing, and it's always a subjective test. I I, I was visiting with someone earlier today about the whole issue of, you know, voter fraud, widespread voter frauds, voter suppression, widespread voter suppression. It ultimately is in the eye of the beholder. If if my vote is taken away from me, however it's taken away, I'm an affected voter and I'm an offended voter at that point in time. And so I think that's what a lot of people throughout this state spend an enormous amount of time, an enormous amount of tax dollars attempting to make sure it does not happen. And so we've gotten some really great systems in place and we've got some really great people statewide, every one of these counties. Uh, And that's one of the roles that poll watchers, for instance, help play in the elections. They get out there and when they see something, they can say something. So I I think the most important takeaway is, yes, we've had it in the past, But going forward, I am so excited about all the systems in place and the fact that I think we have now the most informed electorate who will report something that they see that we've ever had. So I'm hopeful, too. Well, look, we're talking with Texas Secretary of State John Scott about the elections going on right now, the election process and the steps that his office and people throughout the state are taking to make sure that 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 strength of election integrity is there. I do think Texas is one of the best, if not the best, and how it's handled this issue. And also it's been responsive to the people. The legislature has been responsive to some things and different changes that it's made to continue uh, to show and to strengthen that confidence for our election process. And we hope to see people, because of that, have more faith in the uh, process and go out there and vote, right? To exercise your vote instead of um, thinking too much about the process side, be thinking about Um, who I'm going to vote for, the importance of it. I like to take my kids a lot of times to the ballot box. You know, they're not um, old enough to vote yet, but I can uh, almost guarantee once they are of that age and they're eligible, they're going to be uh, one of the first in line. And so make it a family event. Um, But uh, Secretary Scott, I know you've got a lot of work to do. Your team does. I know it's going to be a busy couple of weeks, but I know it's an exciting time. And obviously um, working up to election, the main election day of November 8th on Tuesday in in about a week and a half. And so we appreciate all the work that you do. And we also appreciate you having a conversation. And we thank Secretary of State John Scott for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the message that you're sending out today. It's wonderful. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. Well, look, I was uh, pleasantly 
Well, I don't know. Surprise. I, I was very grateful when um, when Secretary Scott's office got back to us and said that he was going to do the interview today because, you know, he and his team are busy. So we're going to let him get back to his important role. Thank you, Secretary Scott. And we'll have more information on our social media channels that uh, Secretary Scott shared with you about some of this these election issues. So, all right, as he exits our Zoom room, I'm going to talk about some other issues that we're involved in. Some of them do relate to elections. So if you need to get information about the election process, go to our website, contact our office. Um, we also have a um, an organization that is uh, affiliated with Texas Values that has uh, an entity, excuse me, a document you can use, Free Voters Guide, that gives people information about where candidates stand on the issues. This isn't a list of endorsements. It's not uh, pushing anyone to vote one way or another. It's just a, a lot more information you can find at freevotersguide.com. Also on our website, we've got a great toolkit called Honoring God. This is about making sure that churches and pastors can have information to talk to people about the importance of elections, to talk to people about, as a Christian, the importance of being involved in the election process. And so sometimes as, you know, Secretary Scott was saying, people will throw up their hands this time of year. Maybe they get too much stuff in the mail or they see too many commercials or they're irritated by, you know, some of the debating back and forth. Don't let any of those things discourage you. And don't feel like as a Christian too, that, you know, there's no role for you to play or it's irrelevant or, you know, that, um, you know, that's stuff for other people to handle. This is the state we live in. The community you live in matters, right? And so decisions are going to be made whether you're involved in it or not. And the more that you participate in the process, um, you increase the likelihood that your values will be represented and honored. And so uh, don't take any of that for granted, right? So this Honoring God Toolkit is a way for churches to have information that they can share at church from the pulpit to help people understand the value of voting, to, to help people understand the civic duty that we have as Americans and Texans and whatever community you live in within the state of Texas. And so, but we put it all together, we packaged it um, in a way, well, actually an organization that we're partnering with did the hard work, um, but we're making it available and, and it's free. There's, um, you do have to enter some information to download the Honoring God Toolkit. I believe it is on our homepage. Let me see if I can do a share screen real quick. Uh, speaking of share screen, I think this is on my screen already, but um, this is our annual gala is coming up on Friday, November 11th. That is in the Dallas area. Kaylee McEnany, former White House press secretary for President Trump, is going to be our keynote speaker. She's got a wonderful Christian and pro-life message. When you look at some of the work that she's done leading up to the position she was in, the legacy of the work she was doing appointing judges to the U.S. Supreme Court that ultimately overturned Roe versus Wade. She's going to have a new book out. She's got a show that she's on on Fox News, I believe, on Fridays. So a lot of interesting things to talk about. And what a better state for her to come to to talk about the issue of life and overturning Roe versus Wade, but um, the state where Roe started right here in Texas. So get your tickets on for November 11th txvalues.org um, to check our website, but you can see it right here. Go to the link on our homepage. You'll see that event. And we still have tickets, but they do sell out every, the event sells out every year. I'm going to go to our homepage and you can see right here, um, this, here's the Honoring God Toolkit right here. Get the Honoring God Toolkit. You'll click it. And when you do click it, it will go to this sign up page and then you can enter your information and you can get that toolkit for the churches. So um, we're just about out of time, but I want to make sure you do that. There's only two weekends left. 
until main election day. Obviously, voting has already started. So the time is now for your church, your pastor, your church group to get involved and to get the Honoring God Toolkit. And so one reason we have it downloaded, because we want to have an idea of how many people use this resource. Uh, we do have some goals that we want to meet. It would be wonderful, absolutely wonderful, if at least one church in every county of the state, in all 254 counties of the state, downloaded that toolkit. I mean, we want our numbers overall to be higher than that, but it'd be great if in every county we had someone download it. As you mentioned, as you heard Secretary Scott mention, right, there are 254 counties in the state of Texas, a lot of geographic space, but check out that Honoring God toolkit, and it's a lot of information. It's a video. It's um, some one-pagers that you can print out so you can have good information to share with your church to talk about the issue of elections. It doesn't tell you who to vote for. Um, it's nonpartisan, and um, we've had it vetted by lawyers, so you're going to be in good shape there. Also want to see you, though, on November 11th. Um, that is going to be in Dallas, as I mentioned, our annual gala. We're celebrating 10 years of Texas Values. As a matter of fact, we're going to have a different backdrop there. It's going to have this wonderful seal next to the Texas Values logo that celebrates and highlights the 10 years of Texas Values. And so, man, it's, you know, we've been doing this radio show, this weekly program for almost five years now, if not five years. I have to check our numbers. I think we're close to 300 episodes, if not more. But um, that just tells you a little bit about the lasting value that we have at Texas Values. One of the many reasons why you should consider making a donation to Texas Values, you can make that donation today at txvalues.org or come to our event and you can sponsor a table, you can sponsor the event, you can help underwrite it and help us raise money because we're laying the foundation for the next 10 years, okay? I got a really smart, sharp uh, kid in my family who looks like he might be on his pathway to come work for us someday, my middle son, Jonah. And so I want to make sure it's here, but I want to make sure it's here for faith, family, and freedom. But you can help us do that by donating today at txvalues.org, where we'll protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas with your help. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.